realize that there are varying levels of understanding and varying levels of experience in God and in the things of the Holy Spirit in the room tonight. Uh, it is never, ever a waste of time to review things. So I trust that this will water some things that those of you that know some, and it may shed some light for those that uh, have knowledge of these things and for those that don't know what in the world this is. And there are Christians like that. You know, there are Christians that don't know what in the world is this. What do you mean the infilling of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Ephesians 5 and verse 17 through 20. Let's take that as a text tonight. Are y'all happy tonight? You still enjoying the weather? Comfortable? Thank God for a good, comfortable place to be. The, the, a pastor ministered recently that the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He wants you comfortable. He wants you comfortable in your soul. So some people have this misguided notion that God wants you uncomfortable. He wants you tormented. But no, friends, God wants you comfortable in your soul, wants you comfortable in your pocketbook. Well, I thought He wanted to push us out of our comfort zone. Yeah, with the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. But He's the comforter. Amen. Let's read this. Ephesians 5, verse 17 through 20. This is like the earmark scripture for tonight. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation. But be filled, everybody say filled, with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Everybody say the next word, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always uh, for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture is so loaded. You could probably camp on this for a year and still not get it all. But I trust that the Lord is going to help us tonight to just add a dimension to your understanding of the Spirit-filled life. First of all, do you need to be filled a Spirit-filled life? The answer is yes, in case you were wondering. Uh, so let's talk about filling and filled for just a moment. There are different degrees of fillings. Uh, you know, there you can be, you can you can ride on life on fumes. How many of you have been on fumes? The the gas tank was on E and barely E. The, the kids were screaming. Come on, help me out. The dog chewed up the furniture. The the dinner, the roast burned. Help me out a little bit. The washer died, and you know. And so then you're gonna you're you're, you're late to the traffic jam at church, and you had a flat tire, and you finally get into church, and your friends, you're on fumes. Somebody say fumes. You know what that's like. You know, spiritually speaking, you're on fumes. You know, you could be naturally on fumes. Sometimes one of the most spiritual things you can do is take a nap, sleep good, eat a good meal. Well, I'm fasting. You know, I'm really working hard to do something spiritual for God. Brother, take a nap. Eat a good meal. Get you a good... Well, for the vegetarian, get you a good salad, hallelujah. For those of you, get you a good steak. Well, never mind. For those of get, get some food down the chute and, and you'll feel, how many of you feel that when you have a good meal, it makes you feel a whole lot better? And when you're rested, you feel a whole lot better. But spiritually speaking, listen to this, spiritually speaking, you, it's possible for you to be on fumes. And we all know what that feels like. You know, irritable, short. Fuse. Everybody knows what that. Uh, I mean, am I pe- preaching to the right group here? Yeah. All right. So listen. You know, you could be a quarter full. When you could relate to your gas tank, you could be half full, three quarters full. I was really impressed when the Lord says He wants you to be full, spirit filled, full. You know, when you say we're spirit filled, that you are filled. I've been 
I've been impressed that, that the Lord, the, the meaning full is a little bit, maybe a little bit more than we, we thought. Because full indi- indicates a container, and work with me on this, a container. So how many of you like coffee? It's all right. It's no sin. Okay, all right. So how many of you like the real tall one? You know, the, the, all right, all right. And you say, all right, fill it up. You know, do you want me to live, leave a little room for cream? No, no, no. I want it all the way to the... And you, you know, some of you will remember the commercial on a brim, you know, fill it to the brim, you know, bring, bring it all the way to the very, very top. You know, the top so much that you, you pick it up and you walk real carefully to the counter as you're making your way to the table. You know, a, a slight little bump and it spills. Is that right? But you know, the, the kind of spirit feeling that I feel in my spirit that this church is headed for, it, and what really Jesus was talking about, is even a step beyond that. Can we read something? Everybody go with me to John chapter 7, verse 37 through 39. Keep in mind that whole thought that when you say that you're a spirit filled, it's almost thinking that, that you are, are you're, you're a container and that you're filling it to the very top till you can't contain anymore. But look what Jesus said regarding this. Go ahead and put John 7, 37 through 39. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. Notice what he said. On that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. When was the Holy Spirit given, friends? It was in Acts chapter 2, right? When the, Holy, when, 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 when the, the day of Pentecost had fully come, right? That's when, that was the precise moment, you know, the, the rushing mighty wind, that's when it actually... But Jesus is speaking before that time. And he's talking about there being a river that's going to flow out. So to speak, he's, he's forth telling what's about to happen. I want to notice, I want you to note something. He says, out of his heart will flow a river, a continual flow of something. And he likens it to a river. Does that sound like a container that was just filled to the brim? Does it sound like something that was filled almost full? No, that, that denotes to me a flow of something. Have you ever stood and watched a river before at the bank? Now, this is very interesting. Catch this. When you're watching a body of water as it's moving, <clears throat> the water that you just saw a second ago, it's down, it's down the ways already. Depending on how strong the current is. Let's say it's a moderate current. Let's say you, you witness the ripple in the water, okay? But that water that you just saw a few moments ago, it's down that way. There's new water that's come. Hello, somebody. There's new. In other words, it isn't like just a cup. There's, there's like, and, and as you stand there, there's, there's more water that came and more water that came and more water. The thought here is that there is a continual flow of the Holy Ghost. Not just like when you go to Starbucks. Sorry, those that are Pete's fans. <laughs> that when you go to Starbucks and say, fill it up to the brim and then that's it. And you're walking around real carefully. What we are talking about is something that is so profuse that it's just gushing out of you. Are you catching that picture? What Jesus says... What Jesus was saying, this is going to be what's, what's, what the, what's about to happen is that from the inside of your, and he said heart in, in this place, in the New King James, or inside his innermost being, you have several things. Uh, notice what the Message Bible says. It says, rivers of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone 
who believes in me. That's the message Bible. The Amplifier, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Uh, NIV says this, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And NLT, which is the New Living Translation, says rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Now, I've got a question for you. We've got to kind of expand our thinking on what Jesus is saying here. We're talking about a trickle? Are we talking about a cup? Are we talking about a little stream or are we talking about a mighty rush? Think about the strongest river you've ever seen. Think of the Amazon River. Hello. Has anybody stood at the bank of a river that was kind of on the verge of overflowing and felt the power of that thing? Somebody help me out. Any fishermen in the, in the group? Have you ever been in a current and felt like it was over? You thought, oh, I got this. I got this. And all of a sudden it got a little stronger than you thought. And it pulled. There's one right there. God bless you. I see that hand. I see that hand. <laughs> What Jesus is talking about is a very high magnitude or a high volume of virtue flowing through your innermost being, flowing through you. That's what he's talking about. Not just that you had a cup. So, so really, the way that I would like to just borrow a phrase for tonight or go a little bit further than when we talk about the spirit-filled life, can I say it this way? The spirit-flowing life? Can that, you know, can we, do, do, y- y'all give me that license to say that tonight, right? I, I'm still, Pastor Tom's still being scriptural about it. All right, now, now let's, let's go on through here. So, we saw what they said in the message Spilling out the depths of anyone who believes in me. Now, what, I, what I'd like to draw our attention to is Ephesians chapter 3. These are prayers that pastor has been asking us to pray. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 16 and so on. And, but there's Ephesians chapter 3 in verse 13, uh, 18 through 20. I really liked what it said in... Um, well, we're going we're gonna, to, for the sake of time, we're going to go into like verse 19. So Ephesians 3.19, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version that should be up pretty shortly for you. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience. That you may be, somebody say, filled throughout all your being unto all the fullness of God that you may have the, everybody say, richest measure of the divine presence and become a body holy, filled, and say flooded. Flooded. Anybody been to the Russian River? You know, I don't know why people build a house on the Russian River, but it floods on a regular basis. Like, oh, well, guess what? Another flood. Well, what else is there? You know, flooding. Flooding. That you may be flooded with God Himself. The fullest, richest man. I don't know about you, but I want that. Do you want that? That's, that's what I want. Hallelujah. So, I want, to, I want to read something to you that comes from the book Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And sometimes we need to be careful because sometimes we have this feeling that only, the, only new things that come up recently are things that are pertinent to our lives. Not so. Um, many times we have to go back. There's a depth to th- some things that our elders have spoken in years past. Hello. That still have a tremendous depth that you, we haven't even left yet. We thought we understood what it meant. Page 115 of uh, Brother Hagin's book, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, says this. It says, what did Jesus emphasize the most during his three-hour visitation with you? That's a question that was asked of him in 1987. 
Without question, what Jesus emphasized most is what we will be discussing. And he said, Jesus said to me, my plan under the new covenant is for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he goes on, it is God's plan for every believer, this is page 120 now, for every Christian living under the new covenant to be continually filled. I know that, Pastor Tom. Yeah, but hang on, we're going to get a few things. Continually filled with the Holy Spirit and to worship in the Spirit. There's not enough worshiping in the Spirit, friends. The way we maintain a continual infilling and maintain our walk in the Spirit is through speaking divinely inspired utterances to the Lord. This is Brother Hagen, page 120 of that book. This is one form of New Testament worship. So, it's God's will for every believer to be filled initially, and then to be be being filled. How many have heard that before? Almost every hand goes, I've heard that before. Okay, good. So, let's touch this for those that have not. The first step is initially to receive the gift of the infilling with the Holy Spirit. And friends, there are many dear Christians, believe it or not, even that sit in our church that have not received the gift of the Holy Spirit, even though it's, it's, it is something that Jesus has asked us to do. Listen to this. First of all, Acts chapter 1, verse 4, this is, this is the promise, all right? The promise of the Holy Spirit. And being assembled together with them, he, just as Jesus, He commanded them. Does that sound like a suggestion? I said, does that sound like a suggestion? All right. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for what? The promise. Somebody talk, help me out a little bit. The promise of the, uh, of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? With the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Let's go to the, the next scripture, which is Acts 2, verse 2 through 4. The day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came what? A sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues of fire. One sat on each of them and they were all filled. Everybody say filled with the Holy Spirit. Began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, key point here. Uh, for those of you that are new to this thing, what do you mean tongues, this tongue business? They were, the, in verse 7 it says, They were all amazed and marveled, the people that were witnessing this, you understand, saying to one another, Look, not, um, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language? The key thing that I want to point out here, a lot of times uh, people look at Peop, uh, Pentecostals and say this is this is a wild-eyed Pentecostal. They speak in tongues, glossolalia, and all that. Friends, friends, please listen to me. When he says that they spoke spoke in tongues, it's you are speaking in languages. These are real languages. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Although I speak with languages, really, of men or of Help me out, somebody, or of angels. So what we're talking about is real, legit communication. Legit languages. This is legit. These are heavenly communiques or supernatural communiques that bypass your mind and are hopping from the Spirit. Now, some people say like, well, you're just jibber-jabbering. No, actually, this is supernatural languages that are flowing. Some of them of angels... And some of them, is anybody excited about this yet? 
just a slightly, just a slight different approach to it to build your appreciation for what's going on. Legit languages, both heavenly languages. You know, sometimes you hear people in in, uh, in meetings say, uh, "Now, everyone, lift up your voice and sing in that." Heavenly language. Friends, that's real. A heavenly language. And when you're releasing that, something's going on. There's a feeling that's going on. Somebody said amen. Amen. And notice it said in verse 11, Cretans and Arabs, it says that we hear them speaking in our own tongues, which really meant in our own languages, the wonderful works of God. I ask you, were they, was it a demonic thing? Somebody said no. Were they speaking about the devil? No. Was it warring tongues? No. They were talking about God. And there was someone that understood. So, friends... These are heavenly languages. Now, moving right along, of course, the, the evidence of, the, uh, of infilling is followed by speaking in other languages. Be they heavenly languages or be they angelic languages. And we've heard many, many testimonies of people that were in a meeting and they were speaking in, quote, tongues. And someone from some obscure continent of the, of the world was present and they heard them speak in perfect whatever, Farsi or whatever language that was. And they're just like stunned to hear them testifying of God in that language. How could you possibly know that dialect? That's impossible. There's only like, you know, 300 of us alive. You know, I'm just, I'm taking it a little bit to the extreme. But on the other hand, that did, that does happen and has happened and has been documented where people heard people speak and just like it happened in the book of Acts. Somebody say this is supernatural. I want you to see something in Acts chapter 19 because we have some, a lot of friends and then we're going to get into the meat of our message tonight. And it happened that while Apollos, Acts 19, 1 through 6. How could that be? Yeah. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, say disciples. Uh, what is a disciple? Is a disciplined follower, Right. Of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So these people were doing the best they could. Everybody with us on that? Were they saved? Say yes. Do you have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? You're going to hell if you don't speak. Everybody say no. You just, what do you do to be saved? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, right? You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, confess in your mouth, believe, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus of Jesus, and you are able to become born again. That's what it says. But you see, a lot of people, misguidedly, they chide portions of Christians that have not been filled with the Spirit. Like, if they're not saved, that's not correct, friends. They are saved. But I, so, I want you to notice this, that Paul came across some disciples. And in verse 2, and, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Everybody with us? And then notice what their answer was. It's very interesting. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. I mean, they had absolutely no knowledge about this whatsoever. Can you still be saved and know nothing about the Holy Spirit? Everybody say yes. But is it still available to you, the promise that Jesus has? 
Everybody says, yes, of course. And he said to them, in what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Which, by the way, it would really help a lot of us tongue-talking people. Sometimes you hear this say, this brother needs another dip. That's the baptism of repentance. Like, turn from your evil ways, friends. Let's show some fruit of repentance here. Like a lot of people, they want to speak in tongues one night and sleep with the next door neighbor the next night. Come on, help me out, somebody. That doesn't work. I hate to say this, but I'm embarrassed about some of my wild-eyed Pentecostal friends. Nobody here, of course. But I'm really, I'm embarrassed by some, like they're so, you've heard the word loosey-goosey? They think there's something special because they could speak in tongues. Friends, you still got to live right. So the first baptism was John's baptism, the baptism of repentance, which was what? Turn from your evil ways. Stop it. Turn to God. You know, live right. Do right. Seek righteousness. Let God. But see, God wants to empower us to do that. You know, and just because, here's a good one for you. Just because you speak in tongues doesn't mean you're living right. Why don't we try the Corinthians on for size? You know, you know the mess the Corinthians were in. (laughs) I won't go there. I, I went over like a lead balloon. So, so, okay, moving right along. So, so, yeah, they were saved, but they hadn't even heard that there was such a thing. So then Paul explained to them what was going on. And then, and then of course, in verse 4, he talks about how John indeed baptized, baptized in repentance and so forth. People should believe on him who came after him, that is Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were all baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, what happened? The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they did what? They spoke in a heavenly language. And they prophesied. All right, now we're getting to the meat of our message tonight. Are y'all with everybody still okay? Uh, Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up and make sure everything's cool. All right. Tonight's message is entitled, Maintain the Spirit-Filled Life. If you've lived at all like we have lived on the earth, you know that maintaining something can be a very... Very tedious thing. It's one thing to get a brand new car. Shiny, sweet. Look at those rims. Sweet. Man, that's a cool ride. But I want to see that car three years from now. Especially if it's black. I have a black car. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. It shows everything. There's no grace whatsoever. That thing. You'll be a slit no garage. Oh, Jesus, help me. Wish it was a white car, you know. Maintaining something is is a completely different, catch this now, it's a completely different animal than getting something. Oh, you could walk down that aisle with that little sweet honey. And you could say you love her till the cows come home. Thank you. Kissy, kissy, huggy, huggy. But I want to know what's going on 30 years down the line. To maintain, listen, to maintain something. That's where the proof of the pudding is, friends. Maintain something. So, so I hear a wake-up call. Christians, it's one thing to have received, oh, well, we know what we're doing. We're Pentecostal. We got filled with the Spirit 30 years ago. Friends, to maintain a high level of a river flowing through you is quite a commitment. It's quite a demand, just like maintaining a vital relationship after how many years of marriage, honey? Us? 30, 32 years of marriage, friends. 32 years. Yay! 
32 years of her patience and the grace of God. But we're working on it. We're maintaining it. Is that a good enough example for you? Can I move along here? I think that's good enough. So when he says you are to maintain something, we need, we need tools how to maintain a full life. How to maintain a river. Like, like if all you thought about being spirit filled was like a cup... And you go like, okay, I'm going to go out here and splash, you know, go bless somebody, splash. And then you're like, oh, empty, dude. Let's go to that wild service on Sunday night with Pastor Brenda and let's all get, let's run around the building, you know, with the best of them. And then we'll get full again. See, that, that, I understand that. And I, I understand that concept that we are vessels. But God's plan for us and what Jesus said in addition to, to that, I'd like to, I'm not trying to belay that point. I'm trying to add to it. Jesus said, this is an interesting cup, friends. This is like, on what, it's, it, 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 it's a cup and it's got a bottom. It, there's nothing attached to it. It's just a simple cup. But this is this weird thing, man. This cup is like, you, 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 you maintain this cup and all of a sudden water is just spurting and, and spewing out of it like, like, whoa, like a fire hose. But it's a, it's a cup. You can't, see a, any, you can't see a hose attached to it, but there's a cup. That's, there's a river flowing out of it. You got that? I said, did you get that? So maintaining the spirit. So there's a way for you to maintain that flow. That's why I like to say maintain the spirit filled or regular refillings or maintain the flow. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw from a lot of greats and I'm going to do my very level best to do this for you. Um, I have a lot of respect for Jack Hayford. He wrote a book entitled Worship His Majesty, page 236. He noted this. Ephesians 5:18 and 19 directly links our regular refillings with the Holy Spirit to our exercise, catch this, in singing. That's what he said. Exercise in singing. I'm going to have to skip that. Oh, I really want to talk about that really bad. I don't know. I hope maybe the pastor will give me another chance to, maybe this is a two-parter. There's something very interesting. Uh, Mm. All right, let's see what I'm going to do here. All right, we could, we could do that. Remember we talked about seeds a, a while ago. We did a couple of things about seeds, God's seed system and stuff. I, I'm just going to race through this. I, I really need your thinking caps on. Catch this. The fruitful and planting of the Word of God is linked to our singing and worshiping. Most of us would think of these as separate operations, the word as instructional and the song as inspirational. But instead, human intellect and emotion are integrated through song. And effective teaching is said to require worshipful song for its fullest accomplishment. I know his language is just a little bit up there, but you can, you can ride with me on this. The complement of worshipful song is needed for the meat of the word to be assimilated into our character and our conduct. Just as our digestive systems process food and distribute nutrients throughout the body, so worshipful singing is apparently essential for the integration of the word into our lives. 
Perhaps it's true that the Holy Spirit-filled worship is the distinct means by which the new covenant transcends the old in terms of the word in our lives. No longer is the word engraved on stone or confined to parchment, but its precepts are being infused into the human personality. Did a message on that, leaning your personality on God. Recognizing the place of song. And, and, and don't, don't tilt on, on this about song. Well, I'm not a singer. Let me just put it to you. Recognizing the place of supernatural utterance. Worshipful utterance. All right? In the process certainly reveals the priority of worship. Our singing becomes infinitely more than droning out another ode or orthodoxy. Worshipful singing expedites a process which quickens our minds to receive the word and submits our souls to the Holy Spirit's implanting within us. Spirit-filled worship may be our insurance against merely learning facts from the Bible instead of receiving power through its teaching. Any notion that music is extracurricular is destroyed. It is essential to growth, wisdom, understanding, and godly fruitfulness. Word-centeredness and spiritfulness are joined at the altar of songful worship, and this balance confronts everyone's temptation to sacrifice either, since both are made interdependent. Now, an interesting scientific thing oh, uh, is, is an interesting thought. When you are dealing with music or song and you are dealing with word, it's touching both sides of the brain, the intellectual side and the emotional side. Somebody help me. I know I have some psychologists, really some psychologists in the crowd. And when you do that, that impacts you in a way that otherwise just sitting there, just receiving information in your head cannot do, cannot function, cannot uh, cause the word of God to really sink down into your spirit. Now, there's some things, so, so, a clear, so clear an assignment, he goes on to say, and such potential fruit mandate our familiarity with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What are they, and how can we apply them to worship? Remember that um, when we were talking about the Spirit-filled life, Ephesians 5 talks about singing with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. There's those three, the, the trio. And on the other side, you have Colossians. And I can see right now we're going to have to go into another session on this. But that's okay. Everybody say, it's okay. okay. Thank you. Whew. Appreciate that. There's something about psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. I did not say top 40, and I did not say oldies. I said psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. These are things, these are three elements that must be present if you're going to maintain a spirit flow in your life. Now, the, here's an underlying, this is going back to Brother Hagen, some plans, purposes, and pursuits in page 122. I'm going to say the underlying quality of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, what are they? Maybe if we just cleared that up a little bit tonight, we could pick up at another time, you know. But psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs are given by the Holy Spirit. They're hot off the wire from heaven. They are scriptural because anything Holy Ghost gives is scriptural. So that's the first thing, I'm, the first, that's the most, in the broadest sense 
of the definition of all these, first of all, they fall into a category, these kind of songs, or these kind of utterances is a better way of saying it. So the, 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 this is our, these are the materials that we use. This is the function that we do to keep a spirit-filled life, to keep that river flowing out of us, right? He says, it's, first of all, they are given by the Holy Spirit. All right? They're hot off the wire from heaven. Now, I want to address that for a moment because a lot of times people think, well, isn't a hymn some old song with an old lady playing an organ? Do, do, do. You know, is a spiritual song when we run around the building and we're shouting, is that a spiritual song? Is, what's a song? Friends, let me, I'll go as far into this as I possibly can and then we'll pick up again. This should really help you. Buddy Harrison, in his book, Maintaining the Spirit-Filled Life, page 9, said, new, this will bless you, this blessed me, new means fresh. The word new in the Greek means fresh. What God wants us to do is feed on His Spirit on a fresh basis. He wants us to have the fresh, not the old and the stale. Now, catch this. The scripture songs we sing today are fresh. They're not saying anything, catch this, that has not been said before. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun, but they are fresh. So, when we get into the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, just understand, when the Holy Spirit inspires you to do something, to say something, we had a prayer meeting. Here's a little example. We had a prayer meeting here when we had all church prayer. I can't remember. I think it was a Thursday or something. It was a national day of prayer. And something just came to my heart. Just these words came. And I had to believe, and those of you that were here knew what I'm, know what I'm talking about. These words came up in my spirit. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is in, or nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. Oh, great and mighty God. Great in counsel and in might. We're going to pray for our nation in a few minutes, you know, in this prayer meeting. Um, and, and, I, and I just kept repeating that phrase and I, and I, I didn't do, I, I didn't even know what song that was. That's something in my past, something deposited in my spirit. Later, after the, after the effect, how many of you were there at that prayer meeting? And we kept going, he said, nothing is, nothing is too difficult for you. And then we went off, oh, we're getting into some things now. We want the spirit of prophecy. Were you there? Did you catch that spirit of prophecy came in and took hold? All of a sudden, it's not just a guy singing a top 40 song or something you heard on the radio. Suddenly, the spirit of God is going. And of course, me being a musician, I went with it and went with different chord things. And it was awesome. Can I hear an amen from those that were there? I mean, I'm not dreaming this up, right? I'm not self-deceived. <laughs> that song comes from the book of, I believe it was Jeremiah 32. And it's that song that we used to sing way back in the 70s. Ah, oh, Lord God, Thou has made the heavens and the earth by Thy great power. Thou, Lord God, Thou has made the heaven by, the, by Thine excellent name. And nothing is too difficult for Thee. Whoa, whoa. Remember that back in the 80s and back, whatever? But you know what? If I wasn't sensitive to the Spirit of God... I wouldn't have picked that up. I would say, oh, what's that? Some old song. Like, ew, that's old. Listen, if you're, don't come up to me and tell me that's, a, that's some old song. Mm. 
That's so old. Don't, don't say that to me. When the Holy Spirit touches something and says, bring that up. It's, there's nothing new under the sun. That's why I love what Buddy, Buddy Harrison said. It says that it's fresh. Well, how do you know it's fresh? Because God touched it. And then you bring out that treasure and then you, you make it real right where you are. And all of a sudden there's virtue and this river starts to flow. And you know that we went on and on and on with that song. What was that? That was a river of virtue that was flowing. Hallelujah. Nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing is too difficult for you. And we were all getting that. It was like Jack Hayford talked about. It seems that the word needs worshipful song. Catch this. How about, dare I say prophetic song? Yeah. A prophetic moment to bring that to reality on the inside of you. To all of a sudden you could stand up and say, you're right. Nothing is too difficult for God. I don't care what sickness I'm facing. I don't care how big the bill is. I don't care how awful the lawsuit is. I don't care how bad the contract is. Nothing is too difficult for you. You're a great and mighty God. Great in counsel and you're mighty indeed. You did it before. You'll do it again. Suddenly something arises. What is that? What's that that's rising on the inside? That is the Holy Ghost, friends. The prophetic power of the Holy Spirit rising up. Sometimes it's real sweet. Sometimes it's bold. Sometimes it's always encouraging. It's spirit-filling. And all of a sudden we just launch from that into this powerful prayer meeting. And it was all Holy Ghost. It was awesome as we were praying for our nation. And those of you that were there know what I'm talking about. See, if you're, if you're not careful, you might just diss something because it's something old. But the Holy Spirit could touch anything. I've, I've had moments in this very church where I've had my brother, my, 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 one of my favorite friends and brother in Christ, Rick Robinson, get up and sing a song. Be, be it, be it uh, a, a hymn or, or something like, man, is it like way old or something, you know. And man, he just opened his mouth and it just be, he made it real. It, was, it had a prophetic edge on it. It was alive, for lack of a better word. Okay, so it was fresh. Thank you. It was fresh. Everybody say, keep it fresh. So if you want a spirit-filled life, you're going to need to be speaking or singing psalms, and, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And I have just a few minutes to touch on these. Maybe we could revisit them. How many would like to revisit them sometime? This is really, this is really a, an interesting topic. I, 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 I could not find any two scholars to come up with the exact same thing. But there was a thread of, uh, you know, of reality. In the, uh, Jack Hayford describes a psalm as the word in song. In other words, literally, you're singing the word. Scriptures in song. That was a move back in the 70s. Remember scripture songs? Remember that back in the 70s? See, that was before unheard of. People didn't sing scriptures. They didn't do that before. They would just, I don't know what they were singing, but they weren't singing scriptures. A lot of them were singing how, how rough it is. You know, life is tough. Life is more organ. Life is really tough. But then something happened in the 70s. People started singing about the scriptures. They started taking the scriptures. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Oh, he that is in us is greater. That came right out of 1 John. Hello. That, some of that's a straight up scripture. Is that right? As a matter of fact, the Psalms was the Israel's songbook. 150 of them. They'd open them up and they'd sing right straight from there. They'd sing. So really, when, if we were to do that, we're singing the word. Uh, Brother Hagen 
likens it this way. A psalm is a poem or ode. It may rhyme, it may not. However, there is an element of poetry about it, and it may be sung, chanted, or just recited. The psalms, again, literally were Israel's songbook. Now, this makes sense to me. Brother Hagen can't sing. <laughs> Maybe he could sing now? No, I just got to know. I just got to know. He can't sing still. <laughs> He's the first one to tell you he took lessons and it didn't work for him. But see, see, if you're not given to music, then you would be given to reciting it and saying it. The important thing is speaking. Be being filled speaking. Everybody say, be being filled speaking. Speaking in Psalms. Speaking. And those of you that can sing, you better get busy. I mean, you better sing, sing this stuff. <laughs> to whom much is given, much is required, I guess. I don't know. We all got to get busy. So, you know, speaking... Now, Brother Hayford said a different thing about, you know, about... Well, he said it's the word. Brother Hagen said it was a psalm or ode. But think about this. At one time when, when uh, David is writing a psalm, at one time it was like a poem or an ode. It was real to him. Hello, it was fresh and new to him. Hello? Is that right? Oh, I'm having fun tonight. Okay, then we'll quickly touch hymns. Hymns. Wow, this is good. Hymns, I'm going to read Hayford. Hymns were first defined to me as being a great doctrinal statement to music or be declarations or of objective praise to God. But I later learned a broader definition that was more appropriate. Hymns span a wide range of music, wider than some of us would like. Nevertheless, an honest definition derived from the New Testament word requires latitude beyond individual taste. So here you go. It's not just the, you know, some person playing an organ, something written in the 1600s. The distinct requirement of a Christian hymn is not its caliber or quality, but its subject matter. Technically, the hymn refers to the lyrics. Now, now catch this. Whether sung or spoken, the subject is God. His grace, His works, His purpose, His people, His power, His glory, or His person. I don't recall being told this, but I apparently caught the basic idea of hymns early in life when I thought of them as hymns. H-I-M-S. Songs about Him. So they always point to Him. Brother Hagen said, <laughs> all those paragraphs for Hayford, Brother Hagen just defined it in page 122. A song of praise and worship is addressed to, uh, Him is a song of praise and worship addressed to and directed toward God. Boy, that was just a little one-liner. But you can see that there is a difference. They're both scriptural. They're both scriptural. But one of them is literally just singing right out of the Bible. You got to try that sometime. Just open up, open up Psalm 34 one day. I will bless the Lord at all times. You just sing it. You'll be amazed what happens. Like, oh, man, it's awesome. The humble shall hear of and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him, especially when the bills are due. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him. And, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Now we talk about spiritual songs. Can we get into that? Spontaneous songs. Spirit-inspired, spontaneous, free, completely original, personal expression. Previously unsung song or a new song. Wafted forth, boy, this guy's eloquent. Wafted forth from worshiping lips. Adoring him and releasing the soul to a broadened dimension of glorifying the creator. Dude, you're singing a new song. You're, you're releasing something that's fresh and new to you right now. You're making it yours. Somebody say, make it mine. Brother Hagen, a spiritual song is a song that brings forth revelation of the word that the Holy Spirit is giving you. Oh boy, I kind of like what Terry Law said. Let me pull from him and then we'll, we'll, we'll kind of draw to a close on this one. 
It says, it talks about when we sing in tongues, we don't worry about rhyme or word, but we are expressing deep feelings in the spirit. And by the way, in the book of 1 Corinthians, it talks, I think it's 14 verse 15, it talks about what is it then? I will speak with the spirit and I will speak with the understanding. I will do what? I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Everybody with us on that one? She put it up there. Check it out. Thank you. You're fast up there. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Now, notice this. Terry Law says this. When moments, and this is the book, The Power of Praise and Worship, page 224, for the scholars out there. When those moments come, the spirit of prophecy can come upon us as well, and we can pray with our understanding in words that we have prayed in the Spirit. These are spiritual songs, words of special ministry to us from the Lord. And just, just a thought about that. A moment ago, I almost, I stepped into, I was going to step into just spiritual song. And that is where you just, okay, we know that the Bible says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his fears. Is that right? A little class. Are we all, all right with that class? All right. Now, watch. Now I'm going to sing that. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And delivered him from all his fears. Okay, so now I just sang that. So sometimes you might catch me in the shower. This poor man cried. When the bills are due. And the Lord heard him. Mm -hmm. This poor man cried. And he delivered him from all his fears. And then, mm -hmm. and then you catch you catch me doing the little funky chicken. In the, and delivered him from mm -hmm. all his fears. Mm -hmm. Now we're going into, now we're, we're into doodads. We're into free being. We're into the song of the Lord. We're into something prophetic. I'm open, Lord. I'm open. Now, all of a sudden, all those bills that were piling on top of you, you're not thinking about that. You're releasing a spirit virtue because you're a spirit-filled Christian and all of a sudden, this poor man cried. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the Lord, he hears, he, he, he hears me. Mm -hmm. The Lord, he hears me. Can you hear it coming on? He, he, he hears me. Mm -hmm. And he de Delivers me, mm, delivers me. Mm. And are you hearing what I'm saying? All of a sudden, and then I'll just start. All of a sudden, you start. You, you just, oh, you feel you're gonna bite the end of a chair off. And you don't just take off at something else. He goes, and all of a sudden, he says, "God's taking care of me. Everything's gonna be all right." Well, that's not a. That, listen, that is not a. That is not a scripture. But it's scriptural. You get that? Oh my goodness, I wish I could. I wish. I mean, I trust more than wish. I'm believing God this is getting through to you. I was telling my wife, every major victory. I didn't think about this until today as I was studying this. Because we all want to hold the heart of the Bay Christian Center. Every member and every have have the opportunity to live a spirit-filled life. We want a spirit-filled church. We want that flow. Believe me, you want this. I was telling my wife, I said, you know, honey, every major, major breakthrough that we ever had, I just noticed this. I noticed that we all started doing this. Like things, when things were so bad, they were so bad, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to sell that stupid 
investment property and it's stuck on the market and three times it fell through in escrow and then here's vacation you're going to half moon bay and i say you're not feeling you're not feeling too excited about it you know you can't afford you can't take one more payment that's it property taxes it's it it's been vacant for almost a year you got to sell that thing so you got to somehow keep living hello but somehow in the car my wife and i said honey you know we're driving through the mountain that says you know we, we've been working real hard on that stupid property we call it sold every time i'm driving two three i call that sold i called it sold i call you sold in jesus name dear lord lord knows i call that thing sold must i don't know how many hundreds of times but you know what's interesting we started making up songs in the car as we're driving it you know I can't remember what it was. She can't remember what it was. But it was good. <laughs> we were talking about, oh, it's sold, sold. You know, oh, it's sold, it's sold. And God is causing the right, you know, buyers are coming. The buyers are coming. It's sold, it's sold, it's sold, it's sold. The buyers are coming. Thank you, Jesus. It's sold. You know, which is, I mean, that's not the song I sang, but I'm just making that up right now. But I'm going to tell you something. At the midnight hour, when we couldn't afford what we couldn't take one more payment we couldn't take one more property tax one more, we did, we ran out we were dry that was it we were at the we were down for the count i want you to know god came through on november 2007 and it was the it was like the thanksgiving weekend it finally closed in escrow thank god for time but it wasn't until we sang and just we just gave that weight to God and started exercising spirit-filled song. Hallelujah. Are somebody kidding this tonight or what? Oh, I wish I had time, but maybe next time. Spirit-filled, friends. You need this. Say everybody turn to your neighbor and say, You need you really need this. <laughs> friends, these are divinely inspired utterances. We're about to close. Everybody having fun so far? These are divinely inspired utterances by the Holy Spirit. You know, let me encourage you something. If you've never done this before, and, and I'm really about to close, really, for real, for real, for real. Look, I closed. See, I closed my notes. Sometimes it's just one word or a little phrase. You say that. Say it. Maybe it's just one little thing that... Just, it's a little something that just kind of bubbled up. Look, you've been hit hard, man. I know some of you have been hit hard. But maybe it's just that one little word, that one little phrase that you're hanging on. You, just, you give voice to that thing. And you just start worshiping God. And you, you let the song of the Lord happen in your life. You watch Him take hold with you. Then all of a sudden you'll be dancing around the house. Somebody look at you, what a fool. What are they, what are they shouting about? Brother, if you were in the hole like we were in the hole back then, and, and there was no way out, I'm going to tell you something, you'd, you would have been singing the song too. <laughs> and, if you did, and, if, and if you're in the hole right now, you should be singing songs to God. Hallelujah. God has a breakthrough. There is a miracle in your mouth. He wants you full to overflowing in the part of your life that is most barren. Listen, single barren. Any part of your life that is most barren. Unproductive. Going down the drain. Whatever that part is, you better get you yourself in the spirit. You better start worshiping God and be spirit-filled. Let God touch you. Open your mouth. Exercise the gift the Lord gave you. Whether it's a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song. And don't 
Don't be like a baseball game where they call, well, that was a triple play. It was a 3-6-2, triple play or double play. You know, you have to call the exact, I know I got the numbers wrong. What is a 3-6-2? I don't know what that is. Shortstop to something to something, whatever. You know, you may be, you may be in one thing, you may be singing a hymn for a second, then you'll slip over to singing the word, then you'll slip over into the, sing a spiritual, then you'll slip back over here to singing a hymn again, then you'll slip over here to singing the word. Hey, turn this off! Just get in the Spirit, because they're all inspired and touched by God. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word tonight. We praise You and thank You for this journey that Heart of the Bay is in. And I pray that every friend would respond to You, Lord, regarding being filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what a benefit. Oh, what a treasure. We praise You and we thank You for it, Lord. In Jesus' name mighty name. We just release our faith in behalf of our friends, Lord. May they have the courage to step out. May they have the courage to receive this gift that you promised them. And may those of us that have received the gift, may we have the courage and the discipline to maintain it, the Spirit-filled life in Jesus' mighty name. Can you agree with that and say amen?